Blog Talk Radio. And the title of this specific lesson is Prosperity is Something You Do. And I want to make this personal, and I'm going to have you say to yourself, Prosperity is Something That I Do. Come on! Now, it's good when you understand that, because if you ever get the idea that prosperity is something that you do, then you take your power away from conditions and circumstances. Then, from that point on, you're not making your prosperity dependent upon what the president does or does not do. This present president has already served, you notice, anyway. He told you before he was elected. And if you, whether you like him or not, you have to give him credit for being honest and keeping his promise. Before he was elected, he told you, if I'm elected, I ain't going to give you nothing. As a matter of fact, he went further than that. And he said, if I'm elected, I'm going to take from you what the Democrats gave you. And he's doing it, and boy, people are bawling. But you see, this lesson will give you the victory over all of that when you realize that prosperity is something that I do. Say it to yourself again. Prosperity is something that I do. I want to make it very, very personal. And I want you to say, my prosperity is something that I do. Say it again. My Get it out of your head that your prosperity is something that the president is supposed to do. Do you know most people who vote for somebody to be president or governor or mayor, you know why they do that? Because they're, they're really voting for this person to make them prosperous. <laughs> and whoever among the politicians can tell the biggest and the best <laughs> lie, I mean story, to make the people think that he or she is going to make them prosperous many times, that's the one that gets elected. But this is one error that the entire population is going to have to get out of. My prosperity is something that I do. Say it again. Come on, stand up, because this is the first idea that I want to give you in this series. Because you're really not going to prosper until you come to the understanding that your prosperity is up to you. You say, yes, but Reverend Ike, I thought God in heaven was going to do it for me. God has already given you the laws of prosperity, the rules of prosperity which we're going to share in this lesson and in these series. But you see, you must apply the rules of prosperity. You see, that's another thing. God Almighty is not even going to apply the rules for you. Back to the old cliche again. You can lead a horse to water. But you can't make him drink. All right. I want you to yell this at yourself. I want you to call yourself by your first name. And jab yourself in the chest with your finger. And say to yourself, John or Joan, 
Your prosperity is something that you do. And you're talking to yourself. Go ahead and do it. Your prosperity is something that you do. But you see, it's a wonderful thing when you take responsibility for your own prosperity because then you take your prosperity out of other people's hands. And as long as your destiny or your prosperity are in other people's hands, you are in trouble. I've told you this many times and it's worth repeating also. One of the things about a lot of people is that they just don't want to take responsibility for themselves. They don't want to take responsibility for their fate. There's something in human nature that wants to depend on other people to do everything for them and to blame other people when things don't go like they want them to go. And that's where we're different in this church, in this philosophy. We believe in what Lord Byron said. I am the captain of my soul. I am the master of my fate. Say that aloud. Come on. Now, I pray for all of the officers of this nation from the president on down. But I don't let them give me anything. Because, you see, if the president giveth, then the next president may take it. If the Democrats giveth, then the Republicans may take it. You see, that's another thing also. Be careful who you let give you something. And I've got a little secret to tell you. If somebody gives you something, baby, some way, somehow, it's going to cost you. You're going to pay. <laughs> See, some of you think that you're getting this lesson from me for nothing. Most of you know better. <laughs> but before you get out of here today, you're going to give me some money. And the doors are going to be locked, and if you try to get out without it, they're going to trip you up. I make people pay me. And it blesses them and it blesses me because what people get for nothing, they value it the same. So you see, it's really, at the bottom line, impossible to get something for nothing and you've got to be careful how you give folks things. If you give your brother, your lazy brother, too much, you'll take his self-motivation from him. Let him sleep on your couch just long enough to get a job. And if he doesn't go looking for a job real fast, put him out! Tell him Reverend I said that his prosperity is something that he must do. Remain standing. You'll find this is not the usual type of sermonizing we do around here. This is a participatory sermon and message. And I'm glad you understand that prosperity is something that you do. It has been truly said that no rule of success will work if you don't. Translate that into the first person. No rule of success will work if I don't. Come on. No rule of success will work if I don't. And I've got some more wonderful good news for you. I have found out how to get to the top. How many of you want to get to the top? Raise your hands and say, I want to go over the top. Well, here it is. 
The way to get to the top is to get off of your bottom. <laughs> Come on, shout that with me. The way to get to the top is to get off of your bottom. That's the first thing you do if you want to get to the top. Now you can translate the last word into the most graphic This is Hindsight Radio. I represent the information station changing the nation. Peace to the gods. You're listening to Hindsight Radio. This is Doug E. Fresh, and you're listening to Hindsight Radio. And when I'm doing commerce, I'm always tuning in to Hindsight Radio, the information station that's taking over the nation. Always Hindsight. Peace to the gods. You're listening to Hindsight Radio. This is Hindsight Radio. I represent the information station changing the nation.
Peace, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Truth Tuesday Show with your host, Hakeem L. here on Hindsight Radio, the information station changing the nation. I hope everybody's doing great. I'm doing well. Family is doing good. Um, a lot of great things happen. Um, so I hope great things are happening for you, too. I've been hearing a lot of great things from people, how their ritual, their New Year ritual is coming uh, true. It's coming to reality. They put it out there, and they are receiving all the things that they put on that paper New Year's Eve and burned it at the stroke of midnight. So hopefully you guys can share it with us uh, the next time we do it. Uh Next two years it has become a family tradition of us to do it every year. Uh, are the IRS requirements for churches? And uh, I'm going to read that. I read a little bit of it at the seminar. I read of it, read, went through it thoroughly last night with the members in the class, and I'm going to go through it briefly, briefly on here tonight. Uh, just so everybody can have this information, this is very important that you understand what your religious freedoms are, and what you can do as a minister, as a church, if you want to set up a church. Uh, of course, I go into depth of how to connect all these things with your trust and things like that, uh, things that I have done. So let's see. Let me take a swig of my uh, infused I kind of make my own little, put some mint leaves, mint leaves and some uh, basil leaves in my water. I drink it. So I'm going to take a swig of this tonight. I had it in the refrigerator. Let it get a little cold. Yeah, that tastes good. Put a little flavor in it, you know. I drink a lot of water. I think I was telling you I was doing that 75 hard, drinking a gallon of water a day. Oh, man. After a while, my body got used to drinking all that water. But still, just working out every day, twice a day, 45 minutes inside, 45 minutes outside, um, it, it, it can take a toll on your body. So I had to take a break. So I'm going to have to start from day one when I get started back tomorrow. <laughs> I did five days straight. It did. I just said, you know what? Let me take a break. You know, I'm going to start it again. But it feels good. Um, glad to see everybody on. Got uh, Corinne on, uh, Disciple Ministry, Asim Shabazz, who else? Who else? Amexa Moore, Peace, always in the house. Callie Carter in the house as well. Uh, a little light tonight. Maybe people still working. I don't know. Um, I was thinking about something to talk about, but no, I'm going to go right in on the on the topic of the churches. I'm going to go right in. I'm going to share the screen. And, and, and again, if you have questions or comments, 563-999-3615. I got everything working on where I can actually take the calls. For some reason, it was muting out, so that's been resolved. We're good. So... Let me just answer this question, though. It says, I sent the request for a copy of my certified passport documents in June 2021. 
I called them back in October, and they told me they are still working on it. Should I call them again? Yes, I would definitely call them again. It won't hurt. What's taking so long to send you your certified documents? <laughs> that's that's uh that's way too long. Um. So, somebody said Tracy Jackson looked for their email. Uh, I, I told y'all, I, I don't know what your email is going to be about, but a lot of times people be trying to get consultations in emails. Oh, I don't do consultation by emails. Oh, you can always schedule a consultation at keenl.com. It's very easy and affordable. Um, it's very hard to answer questions email. You answer one question, then another one comes. I, I get annoyed. I don't have that type of patience. And you, you can't get a complete thought out in email. Not me, at least, because I'm not a typer. Uh, so don't expect too much from me with uh, emails <laughs> like that. You know, if you want special treatment, you know, you know, you want time for your, and every now and then I'll pick up the phone and I'll take a call here and there and, uh, and then people are so engrossed in what they want. They don't think, you know, today's my show day. <laughs> and, I, and a lot of times I just want to keep my mind on the show, but I'll take a call here and there, but, uh, Emails are not my thing, and I won't do too much answering them if it's cons- it looks like it's a consultation. I won't do that. Uh, if you want a time, you can go on my site. You schedule it, seventy-five dollars for thirty minutes, and you got and it's a Zoom call if, where you can show me documents, talk about documents, and all of that. So five six three nine 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 three six one five. You can also do it for free right here. Right here, call it and talk to me right here on the, on on Block Talk. But only thing is, it ain't gonna be a private call. You're gonna have to, um, you're gonna have to um, let everybody else hear your question, and that's the long and short of it. All right, so let's share this document. The which one I want to start with? Let me see. Let me see. I have it all laid out. Let's start with these. What you hear a lot of people saying that you should set up your church as a 508. But I'm going to give you all some clarity on the 508, 501c3, how, how it, it really should be interpreted. Although the 5018 rule is where they show the exemptions, but let's see how the IRS will see a church. What Under what code will they see a church that says it? So let's share... Uh, screen Chrome tab. Uh, let's read this one. Let's start with this one. This is where everyone preaching about you know church should be set up as a five hundred eight. You should be set up as a five hundred eight. You should be. I've heard that since I got into this movement. And in a way, that's correct, but in a way, it's not correct because the IRS looks at churches in a specific way, a specific light. So 
and it tells you how they look at it in the document I'm going to. So there you go. That's the document there. Let me give you full screen. You don't need to see me reading that. So let's go to the 508. It says 26 U.S.C. Section 508 special rules respect with respect to Section 501c3 organizations. So they're saying there's special rules with respect to Section 501c3 organizations, special rules. So what they're saying is is a group of entities with special rules under the 501c3, and here are the rules. So I'm showing you it's not really a church should be set up as a 508. No, not saying that. It's saying here's the special rules as related to these specific group of people or group of entities under the 501c3 organization. That's what it says. See, people have this thing where they interpret things the way they want it to be, you know, or they they misinterpret it. it. It can happen. And I misinterpret it, too, because why? It's just like when I did the passport process, I was misinterpreting stuff. Why did I do that? Because I listened to someone else interpret it for me. I took that information and had a bias towards whatever I read. So whatever I read, I said, well, they were right, and I'm reading this, saying something a little different here. But I'm just saying, oh, they're right. They know more than me because they've been around. That's my assumption. And that's not always true. When I became a barber, um, my assumption was if you were in the game of cutting hair for a long time, you were a great barber. And that wasn't true. Because it was, you could be a group barber for years and just be cutting hair wrong. Why is that? It's the same reason. The reason why that could be true in a field of barbering is the same thing in this information. If you are a barber coming out of, let's just say you go to school and you're around nothing but students, so your level of expertise is going to be as high as the people you're surrounded by. Right? <laughs> so you leave school, you graduate, you go into a barber shop, but you go in there. Your level of expertise is going to rise to the level of all of the barbers in that shop. So if all the barbers are just average barbers and they do okay with hair, cutting hair, and this is what happened to me when I started cutting hair. I went into a shop where these guys were okay. They were good, good enough to, to get paid and say that's a decent haircut. Then, but when I left that barbershop and I went to a barbershop where there was guys on a whole nother level, I I looked like I was a terrible barber compared to them. They charged more for one thing in that barbershop. And the customers, the type of clientele that was coming in there, was was willing to pay the difference because of the level of of precision they were going to get in their haircut. So what did I have to do? I had to get my game up if I wanted to make money. That's how I basically became... On their level. So in this same game, if you're around someone teaching you this information and their knowledge is based off assumptions 
and misinterpretation. So your level of expertise is going to only rise high as this. It wasn't until I separated from certain individuals, my level of expertise rose because now I'm reading. If y'all know from years ago, there was a, a passport webinar was called the Super Injunction that was done back in 2016, January 2016. And we, that was done and hardly anybody did their passport. They, nope, actually nobody got it that way. No one. Actually, people got in trouble. You people had problems. Some people had some legal problems out of that. But then once I took my mind off of what was I was being told and how I was interpreting it, and read it for myself, that's when the doors opened up. The, the, the light came on. That's why you have to study for yourself and read these things thoroughly. Now, I've read these rules millions. I mean, I've read these rules. And this is why you're going to always learn and be corrected throughout your if – you're, if you're a teacher and you're teaching anybody and you got a teacher that's saying that they know everything, then you got a bad teacher that they have it all, they don't need anymore, you have a bad teacher. A good teacher knows when to correct his information and fix it. And this is why I'm doing this now. Because the light bulb went off. And it caused me to dig, dig, dig. And this is why I'm doing the show tonight. So 508, Special Rules with Respect to Section 501C3 Organization. So they're saying all of those organizations in there, there's a special group just in, under that rule. So here we go. I'm going to skip down to what, what I'm talking about. We're not going to read all of this extra stuff. You know, maybe, let's do that. Let's do that because that can, can help put it into perspective. New organizations must notify the secretary they, that they are applying for recognition of Section 501C3 status. So they're saying new organizations, they want the taxes and status, they have to let the secretary know. Notify the secretary. Except as provided in subsection C, an organization, an organization organized after October 9th, 1969, shall not be treated as an organization described in section 501c3. So they're saying in this 508, the, the, the people in uh, any organization organized after October 9th, 1969, shall not treated as an organization described in Section 501c3. Um, unless it has given notice to the Secretary in such manner as the Secretary made by regulations prescribed that it is applying recognition of such status. So these, these specific organizations may not be treated by like, like that, but they can have the option if they want to give notice. That's basically what number one is saying. So for in any period before the giving of such notes, if such notice is given after the time prescribed by the Secretary by regulations for giving notice under this subsection. B, presumption that organizations are private foundations. Except as provided in subsection C, any organization, including an organization in existence on October 9, 1969, which is described in section 501 and which does not notify the secretary at such time, and in such matter as the secretary made by regulations prescribed that it is not a private foundation shall be presumed to be a private foundation. Now, this is very in here. 
this be is very powerful. And I'll connect the dots as I go along. It says, except as provided, I'm reading again just for emphasis sake. Except as provided in subsection C, the subsection C I'm going to next. Any organization, including an organization in existence on October 9, 1969, which is described in Section 501C3 and which does not notify the Secretary at such time and in such manner as the Secretary made by regulations prescribed, that it is not a private foundation shall be presumed to be a private foundation. So what it's saying is any organization that doesn't give them notice or fill out their forms is going to be presumed to be a private foundation. That's basically what it just said. If they don't tell them it is not a private foundation, it shall be presumed to be a private foundation. So basically what it's saying, you've got their people making this part of the private into the public. So any organization, I'm talking organizations right now, but I'm going to get a little more specific in a minute, in a few minutes. C, exceptions. Mandatory exceptions, subsection A and B shall not apply to Excuse me. Take a little walk. Churches, they integrated auxiliaries, auxiliaries, and conventions or associations of churches, or B, any organization which is not a private foundation as defined in Section 509A, and the gross receipts of which is each taxable year normally not more than $5,000. Leaves got me. Excuse me. So it's saying that churches, they're integrated auxiliaries and conventions or association of churches. So let's talk about churches first. Churches are accepted from doing any filing, right? They're integrated auxiliaries. So if you have a church and you are connected with other churches and y'all agree to be connected, then they fall into that category too. Or you have offshoots of your church. <clears throat> so, and conventions or associations of churches. So that's why I was talking about association of churches. Or any organization which is not a private foundation. So if an organization who is not a private de- foundation, which has basically did this paperwork, as defined in Section 509A, and the grocery receipt, which is each tax we are normally not more. So if they don't make more than $5,000 a year, then they're going to be con- – they're going to be accepted from the rule as well. Now, let's go to the 501 code. Let's go. Let's go there. All right, see this. Home tab. Go here. So this is 26 U.S.C. Section 501, exemptions from tax on corporations, certain trusts, et cetera, blah, blah, blah. So it's saying, A, exemptions from taxation. An organization described in subsection C or D, which is right here. This is what they talk about, the C1A stuff. Or section 401A shall be exempt from taxation under this subtitle unless such exemption is denied under section 502 or 503. So if they apply, they get denied, they're not exempt. An organization exempt from taxation under section A shall be subject to tax to the extent provided in parts 2, 3, 
and four. Three and how did you know is that six six of this sub chapter, but notwithstanding two, three and six, I'm not good with Roman Roman numerals of this sub chapter shall be considered an organization exempt from income tax for the purpose of any law which refers to organizations exempt from income taxes. List, list of exempt organizations. The following organizations are referred to in subsection A. One, any corporation organized under act of Congress, which is an instrumentality of the United States, but only if such corporation A is exempt from federal income taxes. One, under such act as amended and supplemented before July 18, 1984, or two, under the title without regard to any provisions of law which is not contained in this title and which is not contained in the Revenue Act, or B, is described in Section 1. So it's saying all of these organizations, of course you don't see churches in here at all. They're not listed in here in any way, right? And they're using the word organization. you got to be... You have to be uh, pay attention to these words they're using as well. So let me give you all these links before I move on to the actual document I want to read. Give you all these links in the chat. Here you go. So y'all can study this for yourself. The uh, links are here. Here we go. Here we go. All right, so let's go back to sharing the screen again. Stop that. Share. Uh, this publication is publication 1828. It's all about 501c3, Tax Guide for Churches and Religious Organizations. This is the guide. Let's, let's, let's load this sucker up. Load up. I gave y'all the link. Y'all can have this. I pretty much read all of this today. Just about all of it. Uh, yes, almost 40 pages of it. That's what I was doing from this morning. It says, Congress has enacted special tax laws that apply to churches, religious organizations, and ministers in recognition of their unique status in American society and their rights guaranteed by the First Amendment of the Constitution of the United States. Churches and religious organizations are generally exempt from income tax and receive other favorable treatment under the tax law. However, certain income of such of church of a church or religious organization may be subject to tax, such as income from an unrelated business. So what it's saying, if a church is operating and then it creates another business that's unrelated to what their their main function is, then that business can be taxable. That business wants to donate all of its profits to the church, then you know, hint hint. Let's keep going. The Internal Revenue Service offers this quick reference guide of federal tax law and procedures for churches and religious organizations to help them voluntarily comply with tax rules. Do y'all see that? voluntarily comply with tax rules. Very, very, they said it. It's a voluntary tariff action. You're volunteering when you apply for 501c3 status. The conscience of this publication reflect the IRS interpretation of tax laws enacted by Congress. 
So this is the IRS's interpretation. So this is how the IRS looks at churches. This is their interpretation. So Treasury regulations and court decisions. The information given is not comprehensive, however, and doesn't cover every situation. Thus, it isn't intended to replace the law or be the sole source of the information. The resolution of any particular issue may depend on the specific facts and circumstances of a given taxpayer. In addition, this publication covers subjects on which a court may have made a decision more favorable to taxpayers than the interpretation by the IRS. Until these deferring interpretations church are resolved by higher court decisions or in some other way, this publication will represent will present the interpretation of the IRS. They're being very clear. This is the IRS interpretation of different cases and situations that they have had experience with. For more detailed tax information, the IRS has assistance programs and tax information products for churches and religious organizations, as noted at the end of this publication. Most IRS publication forms can be downloaded from the IRS website at irs.gov. Specialized information can be through the exempt organization's website under the IRS Tax Exempt and Government Entities Division at www.irs.gov forward slash EO or by calling EO Customers Account Services toll free at 877-829-5500. So exempt organization is that that's a place where you can go and research and see who's got a 501c status. Now I'll tell you right now, any church that hasn't applied for it won't be on there, but doesn't it doesn't mean that they're not tax exempt. That just means those are the people that chose to fill out the paperwork voluntarily, as I stated. So let's go on. Let's go to the contents of this so we could get to the meat of what I'm trying to say. Here it is. Introduction. This publication explains the benefits and the responsibilities under the federal tax system for churches and religious organizations. The term church is found, but not specifically defined in the Internal Revenue Code, IRC. The term is not used by all faiths. However, in an attempt to make this publication easy to read, we use it in, in its generic sense as a place of worship, including for example, mosques and synagogues. With the exception of the special rules for church audits, the use of the term church throughout the publication also includes conventions and association of churches as well as integrated auxiliaries of a church. So all of those under their interpretation, how they see them, they are all churches, synagogues, mosques, and you know, other publications say temples. They're all churches. Because special tax rules apply to churches, it's important to distinguish churches from other religious organizations. Therefore, when this publication used the term religious organization, it isn't referring to churches or integrated auxiliaries. So you see how they specifically said religious organizations are not considered a church. So if you're calling yourself a religious organization or the church you're going to is calling themselves a religious organization, they are not viewed by the IRS as a, like a church. They're going to be treated differently. Religious organizations that are not churches typically include non-denominational ministries, interdenominational and incommunicable 
organization, other entities whose principal purpose is the study or advancement of religion. Wow. So they're saying those who are just the advancement of religion, those are religious organizations. See, my church is an advancement of what? I just use the scripture. I'll use the scripture to tell you which, what, it, what it says. Here it is. I'm going to get the scripture out right now. Oh, I didn't even know I was going to read the scripture today, but it, it, it forced me. John 4.24 says, God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. You can't worship God in any other way but that if you, and even the government recognizes that. If, you, if you're in a religious organization that is an advancement of religious ideology, you are going to be viewed as a religious organization. It's an advancement of religion out of spirituality. Okay? That's why they go... These governmental entities don't like it when you go in or into spirituality. They, they they try to shut it down. They don't give it the views because that's where you're exempt. All right. They just told you. <laughs> a church is not the advancement of religion. I know you got a lot of people saying, going to church and no you're going to a religious organization because they're in their religion but of course they put non-denominational ministries anything that is study or advancement of religion churches and religious organizations may be legally organized in a variety of ways under state law such as unincorporated association wow that's another big one non-profit corporations Corporations, souls, and charitable trusts, like the Jehovah's Witnesses organization, their main, their, who runs them, Watch Out Tracks Bible Society, is a nonprofit corporation. That's how they're set up. Corporations, soul, and charitable trust. So a charitable trust is on a level with churches? Oh, so a church can be set up as a charitable trust. A church can be set up as a corporation. So a church can be set up as a nonprofit corporation. A church can also be set up as an unincorporated association. These are all of the ways they said a church could be set up. But the key takeaway is you must be advancing spirituality. See, like Reverend Ike was a church, a true church, because he was advancing spiritual knowledge, esoteric meanings of the scriptures, not religious ideology. Certain terms used throughout the publication, church, integrally, integrated auxiliary of church, minister, and IRC 501c3 are defined in the glossary. So they have a glossary. Let's click the glossary. This is the glossary. Glossary, church. Certain characters, certain characteristics are generally attributed to churches. These attributes of a church have been developed by the IRS and by court decisions. They include distinct legal existence, recognized creed, and form of worship. 
the definite and distinct ecclesiastical government. So your church need to have a government. Formal code of doctrine and discipline, district religious history, distinctly religious history, membership not associated with any other church or denomination, organization, organization of ordained ministers, ordained ministers selected after completely prescribed courses of study, literature of its own, established places of worship, regular congregations, regular religious services, Sunday schools for religious instruction for young, and schools for the preparation for its ministers. The IRS generally uses a combination of these characteristics together with other facts and circumstances to determine whether an organization is considered a church for federal tax purposes. So basically all you got to do is take, you know, a few of these and make them happen. You have a church. Organization gets you some ordained ministers, which I showed my uh, members in the group how to do it. And in there I showed them how all of these other people were ordained ministers, like the dude, uh, Dr. Strange, that, that, the main actor. He's an ordained minister. Uh, what's, the, what's the other guy uh, who's an ordained minister? Uh, let me pull it up. I'm not giving you all the link, so I only give the link to my members. <clears throat> yeah, the members got it. No, Stephen Colbert, Benedict Cumberbatch, that's the guy who's Doc Strange, Payne Johnson, Richard Branson, Lady Gaga, Sir Paul McCartney, and Sir Ian McKellen. All are ordained ministers. Why? <clears throat> when did you know Dwayne Johnson? What is he being an ordained minister for? There must be some benefit to this thing. I don't see him preaching about nothing. Or maybe his career, maybe his life, how he... Because I, I, I follow him on Instagram, and he does a lot of motivational things on there. Like he works out, he says some motivation. That's a ministry. He's in an advancement of spirituality. Wow. All of these famous people that are ordained ministers are doing this. I don't know. They ha- I don't know if them having an established church anywhere. So when people, I remember when I first brought this out, people were laughing. Oh, using the Bible, using religion, you know, they're using making the church. They laughed about it. But I, I see these very well-known people are doing the same thing I'm telling y'all to do. The same thing. All right, let's go back to the top. Where was I? It's all about record keeping, blah. We're not, re- you know, we're not gonna read forty pages. Just let y'all know, we're not doing that. Hang on, let me uh, just do this. Boom! And that was the introduction. I hit the glossary. Tax exempt status. Churches and religious organizations, like many other charity organizations, qualify exemption from federal income tax under IRC Section 501c3 and are not generally eligible to receive tax deductible congregations, contributions. And are generally eligible to receive tax deductible contributions. So, what they're saying, if you give to a church, you are eligible to get, those, to get a tax deductible uh, write off. To qualify for taxes themselves, the organization must meet the following requirements covered in greater detail throughout this publication. 
of the organization must be organized and operated exclusively for religious education, scientific. Isn't that interesting? Scientific? So scientists, being scientists, the, the field of science is, 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 a, is, a, is a church as well, or religious. could be a religious organization too, or other charitable purposes. Net earners may not inur to the benefit of any private individual or shareholder. No substantial part of its activity may be attempting to influence legislation. The organization may not intervene in political campaigns, and the organization purposes and activities may not be illegal or violate fundamental public policy. Recognition of tax exempt status. Churches that meet the requirements of IRC section 501c3, let me read it again, churches that meet the requirements of IRC section 501c3 are automatically considered tax exempt and are not required to apply for and obtain recognition tax exempt status from the IRS. Stop right there. So is it really a 508 organization or is it just a private organization or a church recognized to be tax exempt under what? It just said it, 501c3. They're just not required to file any forms to be recognized as such. This is what this is saying. 508 is just a rule that makes them accepted from this rule of the filing requirements only. But that church still, why, anyway, why would you have a church and want to be involved in politics? Your, your job is to deal in spirituality. I care nothing about politics. My job is to deal in the, the spiritual well-being of the people that follow or become members of my church. That's my job. Although there is no requirement to do so, many churches seek recognition of tax exempt status from the IRS because this recognition assures church leaders, members, and contributors that the church is recognized as exempt and qualifies for related tax benefits. So most churches do it because they want some type of certification to say that they are tax exempt. People want to be able to look them up. So they take themselves out of the private and put themselves in the public. And so then now that once they fill out that paperwork, they got following requirements from then on out. They move from church to religious organization. Once they do that, they change their whole title. For example, contributors to a church that has been recognized as tax exempt would know their contrib- contribution generally are tax deductible. But I just read here that churches that meet the requirements of RSC Section 513 are automatically considered tax exempt. They don't have to fill out anything. So long as they're calling themselves a church or a temple, mosque, and behaving in a way that these entities work, they don't have to do anything. Although there is no requirement to do so, let me go. Church exemption through a central parent organization. A church with a parent organization may wish to contact the parent to see if it has a group ruling. If the parent holds a group ruling, then the IRS may already recognize the church as tax exempt under the group exemption process. 
The parent organization becomes the holder of a group ruling that identifies other affiliated churches or other affiliated organizations. A church is recognized as tax exempt if it is included in a list provided by the parent organization. If the church or other affiliated organization is included on the list, it doesn't need to take further action to obtain recognition of tax exempt status. So that parent organization got to just put them on the list. This, this, if I have a church, oh, that's part of my, he's on my list. He's tax exempt too. An organization that isn't covered under a group ruling should contact this parent organization to see if it's eligible to be included in the parent's application for the group ruling. For general information on the group exemption process, see publication 4573. You should read that. Now it talks about religious organizations. Very brief, really, unlike churches, religious organizations that wish to be tax exempt generally must apply to the IRS for tax exempt status unless their gross receipts do not normally exceed $5,000 annual. That goes to say we're talking about those private people that go and fill out the paperwork and let the secretary know their intention to be tax exempt and want to be a religious organization. If they don't go over five thousand annually, they don't have to file anything. But if they do, they gotta file. They have to give obeisance. They have to give notice to their daddy. Okay. No, no. Let me change that to their God. That's what they gotta do. Okay. So I hope I cleared that up. Churches are still viewed by the IRS like a 501c3 without all of the requirements that the other organizations have. They are generally left alone. They are private. That's why I read that part about private organizations. Private. When you fill out the paperwork, you take yourself out of the public, from the private to the public. There's no filing requirement. Nothing. I'm a church. All right. I hope that 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 all helped. I hope. Let's see what the comments are saying. Uh, yeah, Tracy Jackson. I got that email that you sent me about the whole. Uh, I'm still thinking about that. I'm giving that some thought. Um, let's see. 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 Uh, yeah. yeah. Thanks, Tracy Jackson. Yeah, yeah, that you got an appealing offer, Tracy Jackson. I, I just let's have a conversation about it sometime this week, and we can go in on that. The Mormons are set up as a corporation, so yes, they are. Yes, they are. Jehovah's Witnesses set up as a. Uh, religious a nonprofit corporation but they have a governing body so there's no one president it might be I, I, if I can remember I gotta look that up yeah there it is so all this oh you gotta set yourself as a 508 no there is no such thing as setting up as a 508 it's setting up as a church and the IRS is just saying we're gonna use the 501c3 rules on them, but these people are not to be touched or bothered unless they start interfering in public affairs. Now, oh, you want to get in our business? We're going to get in yours. That simple. 
Now, I didn't make this up. I read it directly from their rules. It came out of the horse's mouth, how churches abuse. And if you are in the advancement of religious ideology, guess what? You're a religious organization. So, therefore, you're going to be treated just like any other public organization. But if you're in the advancement of spirituality, there you go. Can't touch this. All right. That's, uh, what's his name? He's saying that. Who, who rapped that? I, I, he's on the tip of my head. Uh, what, MC Hammer? Yeah. Can't touch this. This is why it's very important to know what you can do, how you can roll without static from these people. Let's see. Who, who, who I got blog talk up. Let's see. Somebody got their hand up early. What they want to talk about? Let's let's see. Let's, see. let's open it like that. Like that. Open it up. 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 Hello. If you can hear me, I can't hear you. There you go. 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 All right. How's that? Hang on here. Hang on here. How do I get rid of How do I get rid of How do I get rid of Echo, can you hear that echo? Can you hear that echo? Yes. Hang on. Let me fix it. 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 That's much better. I had to figure out to mute that mic. All right. All right. Can you hear me? Let me make sure everybody on stream y'all can hear me. Can y'all hear me over here? Am I loud and clear on stream yard? On YouTube? Wait for somebody to give me some feedback now that I got this fixed. I haven't used it. Oh, they can hear. They said they, they can hear great. Good. All right. <clears throat> All right, what you have to say, brother? What you want to share with us? Greetings, greetings. Greetings to everybody on listening. Um, so my question is um, about the, um, the birth certificate. Now, um, I'm going to talk about the birth certificate tonight. <laughs> I, I know, I know. <laughs> I'm, I'm a new. I, I, just thought, I just started listening to you guys, and um, it's very intriguing. So, I okay. heard about the, the yeah the, the the authentication and things like that, and I, I I'm interested in getting that done. But I want to know about um, how me and myself as a Trinidadian who uh, got a citizenship here in the U.S. Yeah, the U.S. Authenticate the uh, the citizen certificate, but you really don't That's need it. that. You really don't need it. You don't need that. Because you, okay. you you can authenticate your your uh, it's, your daddy birth certificate you can but it's really not necessary in your case because there's no because you don't have a birth certificate created here 
Now, when you come to your citizenship, they created a bond off of that. You can authenticate that. Gotcha. Right. But yeah. when you read yeah. that oath, when you read that oath on the uh, when you took your oath to become a citizen, you really was saying it's a United States of America. It didn't say U.S. citizen. Gotcha. In the oath. So, but um, yeah. in the USCIS, it says uh, authentication. So in there, it says I can't authenticate it. I just need to make an appointment. So I was just curious yeah, to know Yeah, you can authenticate it. Yes, that's yeah. possible. So I was just But mm-hmm. for the purpose of clearing up your nationality, you don't need it because your nationality right. is always going to be Trinidadian. What I okay. would tell you to do is go get your – you got a passport? Or you, uh, uh, did you apply for I, I do. US? I have I, – I got both. Okay. Here's but, the deal. But I got – go, go apply for a passport again, but do it the correct way and make sure you claim your Trinidadian nationality but on, you, you know, with your explanatory statement. Yeah. Because when you filled really? it out, you did it as a U.S. citizen. You didn't do it as a national. Natural. Yes, yeah, that's the part that you need to focus on. That right there. Okay. The birth certificate is is non not an issue. Why? Because you were born in Trinidad. You're always going right. to be a Trinidadian. That gotcha. they can't take that away from you. That's your that's the land you come from. So right. What you want to focus on is making sure that your status is correctly seen here in USA. Not as a U.S. Oh. citizen, but as a national, you know, you know American see. national. See what I'm saying? Yes. And that's key. So I have a passport so, webinar to show you how to do that. Okay. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. So. Um, and I've helped a lot of people, people from Jamaica, uh, Africa. Not in that. Not let me not say Africa. From like Ghana. Let me name, name specific places. Ghana. Uh, right. From different countries, I've done as, this. As, as far, right. As far as I'm concerned, Africa, you said Africa, it could be from anywhere, so it doesn't really matter. Yeah, Africa is not saying it. Yeah. <laughs> African ain't a nationality. <laughs> nationality is you tell yeah, me well, you're yeah, Libyan, you know Somalian. Yeah. You know. Right. But it, it's sort of yeah. like an umbrella for, for those different countries. It's a generalization for a group of people that right. come from specific places. You know, indeed, absolutely. So yeah, mm-hmm. I appreciate that, man. Thank you so much, and you guys keep up the good work. All right, no problem. Thank you. All right, all right. Uh, anybody else want to get on? Anybody else want to get on and share their um? So the number is five six three nine 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 three six one five nine. Five six three nine 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 three six one five. Israel. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Let's see who we got a lot of good people on. We got some of the two King, Tracy Jackman. Yeah, I like to keep it simple, man. It's, 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 you know, this information is really not that complicated. What made it complicated, a lot of people came in and threw a lot of stuff out there and um, added all these extras. Like, for instance, the hot topic is 1099, a discharge. 
and discharge is always a hot topic for new people into this game. The old heads be like, man, we tried all that mess, and all it did was become problems. It looked like you're working, then they kicked it back. You know, and that's what you got. You got a slew of people on YouTube creating channels for discharge and doing acceptor for value, taking a coupon and making it a check. This stuff is so old. It's so old. Look, you know what? That's the other thing. That's the other thing. Before I get into this, let me make sure nobody got their hand up because this may take a while. This may take a while. Let me tell you. Let me show you how, how old this stuff is. And this document is even older. You know, the information in documents is old, but it's even older than that. It's, it's, it's the stuff they're talking about in the document is older than that. Show you how 1099 doing all that crap. It's just been around. And the FBI and all of them, they're well aware of it. They've been aware of it. So all those folks think they're getting into the game and, and they're doing something new. You're not doing anything new. You're just following the pattern of all the other people that came before you that they will eventually mess with. Maybe, maybe not. They may not mess with you. depends on how serious you are about it. Uh, here it is. Let me get. Let me find this thing. Here it is. This is a document that's been passed around, and this is from November 2010. I read this years ago, right? It says the Federal Bureau of Investigation, Sovereign Citizens, and Introduction for Law Enforcement. This is what they give law enforcement or were giving. They got updated stuff out there now, and it says ideology. And it tells you indicators, steps taken to declare sovereignty, fraudulent uses of a pot, fraudulent financial schemes, steps to free money from straw man, using the straw man to satisfy debt. This, this is not what 1099, all that other stuff is talking about. This all uh, target, tactics for targeting government and financial officials, lean. This is a couple who was talking about this. Yeah, if they don't do it, we're going to put a lien on them. They're so they, – you know what's sad? The couple I'm talking about, I think they're really good people, but just misguided. How are you going to put a lien or just put a lien on somebody and think that you're going to be able to enforce that? How are you going to do that? Just the logic of that always escaped me. Like, okay, you put a lien, now what? You know, and you talking about people who got guns, got the the power of law enforcement behind them. You're doing this. What do you think they're going to do? You 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 strike. They're going to strike. People better read the uh, the rules of war. Uh, what is that war? Uh, the art of war. They need to read that. Because obviously, obviously, none of these people understand those that you know war tax. All of these. Everything you're dealing with is a war tactic. Psychological warfare, spiritual warfare, physical warfare, but the most warfare you're dealing with right now is psychological mental manipulation. That's the warfare. And they've been waging that war on you since the day you came out of the womb. By what? Compulsory education and religious ideology and political ideology. All of those are tactics of 
war and conquer. Why You don't have to pick up a weapon to destroy a people. All you have to do is give them misinformation. Do not educate them properly. Educate them to be dependent. You have just conquered the people before they even get started. How were you conquered? How were your parents conquered? Your grandma? You were, they were conquered just simply by education, telling you, get up every day, go to school, get a good education so you can get a good job and retire on a pension. That was the, what I was hearing. Now it's a little different. It's 401Ks now. That's what you've been preached to every day. That's the that's the warfare. No one told you, hey, wait a minute, I don't want to do this. I could do my own business. I could I could create something that people will enjoy, that I'm passionate about and love and do every day. No, they they you were trained to do something you don't love every day. You were trained and programmed to fight, scratch, and survive good times, that's what you were programmed for. What do, they, what do they mean by good times? Good times for them to make money off you through high-interest loans. See, that's how you were programmed. That's warfare. Now, with all of that warfare going on, you think you're going to put a lien on these people and win? It's a waste of time, y'all. Here it is. Sovereign citizens believe the government is they operating outside of jurisdiction generally do not recognize federal, state, local laws. They subscribe to a number of conspiracy theories, including prevalent theory which states the United States government, USC, became bankrupt and began using citizens as collateral and trade agreements with foreign governments. See, this is a – let me interpret this here. Are they using people, actually people, as collateral? No, they're using paper, bonds, as collateral, not the actual individual. It's the bond that was created through a birth certificate, through a driver's license. Those, those are bond- they use those. They bundle those. They use it at, at the ignorance of whoever signs up to get it or do it because what happens is, they're already pre-programmed into the system how much your output is going to be to help benefit this system. They saw your lifetime, what your life expectancy is, based on how much work you're going to do and how much tax revenue you're going to generate. That's why the first thing they do is and you a birth, fill out the birth certificate and fill out a Social Security card. You don't have to be a, a sovereign citizen to understand that. But what makes... Them recognized people that sources is these little tactics, like sending the 1099A in to buy houses and do all this other stuff. Um, Sovereigns are known to travel the country conducting training seminars on debt elimination schemes. Seminars focus on obtaining funds from secret straw man accounts using legitimate IRS forms, a.k.a. 1099As. This is from 2010. <laughs> this is old. Somebody sent me this last week, and I had to, I remind him, hey, I saw this before. Um, in here, it even shows you 
Let me show you how all that stuff people are doing is not new. Here it is. Documentation may be mailed and addressed to Secretary of Treasury, Department of Depo- the Trust, Company. Documentation includes an apostille number. Documents contain the phrase accepted for value. Documents are notarized, even if not required. International post rates are supplied, even for domestic mailing. All paperwork will be mailed using registered mail. Huh? It's all name written in legal capitals. Yes, all that stuff does have a meaning. But I'm saying they, the very people that you have problems with, they are well aware. They are very schooled in the art of war. They have it down to a science. And most of the people jumping into this don't have it to a science. This is why I stay on the spiritual tip. All I'm doing is promoting spiritual well-being, prosperity, peace, and good health. That's, that's, that's what I'm promoting. And with that, I'm showing you how to do certain paperwork a certain way. Do y'all know, when I, if I ever deal with a court case, it doesn't look anything like none of this stuff is saying. It looks similar to what their stuff looks. It almost looks identical except for little subtle changes that gets me results. That's it. None of that extra nonsense. and You know why none of that extra? Because I tried it that way. I listened to people telling me to do it that way, and I did it, and I got my ass handed to me in court. And I had to go and rethink it and say, what was wrong? Is it me? Is it the system? And it was me. It was me accepting their interpretation of the rules. So I said, well, okay, let me go read the rules for myself. And I'm reading these rules. There's all kind of information in these rules that can assist me in being successful. One of the biggest rules is whenever I go to court and there's a lawyer on the side, he can't testify to facts. He needs to have a bona fide witness in which most cases out there, especially in debt collection cases, they don't have a witness. Not a true with it. They'll have some bogus affidavit in there talking about, well, I, I looked at my computer screen and I saw this dead in this name. That doesn't make, that's not a fact. Because most people don't understand the rules of evidence and what an affidavit is supposed to look like and who is qualified as not being hearsay and all of that stuff, they lose. I don't have to talk about whether I owe anybody. All I have to talk about is who is here trying to bring this action. Is this the true party interest over here? Like, who's talking about me? I don't know you. I never saw you in my life. So why are you saying I did all these things? Why are you slandering my name without facts? That's simple. It's very simple. All that extra stuff is not necessary. You don't have to answer complaints with 20 pages, 10 pages, you know, a couple of pages, boom, 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 hit them, boom, 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 boom. There's a brother I've been helping for what? It's been a year, over a year. I've been kind of guiding him through, and they, he's still whipping their behind. <laughs> he thinks because he's dragging out, you know, sometimes people think because it drags out that they're losing. No, it's not. You're not losing. If you're still in that fight and they still – trying to go back and forth, that means they ain't got what they need to get you. Because if they could just roll over you, remember what I said about the auto war, they got the power, they would, but they can't. Because he's in a position, because if they do, they would have to egregiously 
go against them, and then the Supreme Court is going to automatically overturn it. Yeah, this is a company that came after the brother. They won through a summary judgment. He did a, a, a motion to avoid uh, judgment because the, and he attacked exactly what I said. This is not evidence. And it, even though you may default, may not even show up to court, the judge still, still is supposed to have that attorney present evidence that supports his claim, and then it moves in his favor as a default judgment. They can't just automatically give them a default judgment. I watched in a court where right before I was coming up there, a lawyer sat there and talked about this woman, how much she owed these people, this and that, and it just gave him his win off that. Now, that very woman that didn't show up to court can go back and do a motion to vacate that judgment due to the fact that there was no facts really in the case. She only listened to the testimony of a lawyer who cannot testify and supported that judgment. See, this is the little stuff, little big stuff, that the courts don't want you to know or lawyers don't want you to know. Your power. That you can go back and overturn all of those default judgments because it was a lawyer who told the judge that you did all of that. That's not facts, and you could overturn it just on that. And this is how this brother got out of his, his thing. They rewinded it all the way back. And even the judge actually said, because they tried to get a summary judgment, he said, well, this doesn't meet the standard summary judgment because, yeah, they put in the affidavit, but the affidavit just is somebody talking about it, some facts, some, some thing they saw on the computer screen. That does not say that he actually had a loan. And the judge specifically said this. They haven't produced any contracts with his signature on it or anybody to even substantiate that he signed the contract. So, no, you can't have your summary judgment. The reason why she gave him that because he raised the issue to them. He just dealt with that. Listen, none of this is evidence that you can make, you can rule upon as fact. I am not a lawyer. I am a spiritual advisor. That's what I do. Part of my spiritual advisor is talking about things like court. Just to put that out there. Now, he was like, well, what should I do? I said, dude, listen to what the judge says. She just told you you basically won. And she's making them come with some real discovery, which they haven't even presented yet. And, well, they haven't given me my discovery. It's over 30 days. I said, they can't, they're not giving it to you because they can't get it. What they're going to probably do is go, go bye-bye quietly in the night and just let the case just fade out. That's how that works. They probably just leave it alone. But man, this is costing us too much to chase this down. Most of these transactions that you guys are getting involved in is done online. And let me help you understand something. Without someone, third party, an uninterested party standing there saying that they saw you click these buttons and do all that, there's no more proof there, man. Now, they could, you know, if you really want to push it, they can go get back to the statements and, and follow, follow follow a pattern of behavior, and they could use it just because there was more than likely you did just because you were paying this bill through this bank account, this, that, and the other, and all that. You know, that that's a, it's, it's not a slam dunk. But they got to go get a subpoena to get that. 
and you could you can um fight a subpoena said no uh-uh. i I oppose that they got to get judge got to sign up for them, but bank is just not going to give them those records if they even have them but this is the little thing I was trying to find in here where they were talking about the because they in here somewhere they they mentioned oh they they got IDs. This is somebody's ID that they <laughs> made. Oh, um, let's see. This is where they're talking about the accounts. I'm talking about. I'm trying to see in here. They mentioned the the, the, the 1099. Use U.S. Treasury Direct account. This is not. Just <laughs> you notify the Treasury Department of intention to use their Treasury Direct account. <laughs> That's another thing. That was a couple of years ago. They were on that one. There's a UCC form. They got everything here. Acceptance for value, bond for discharge debt, all this stuff. After payment of tender, none of this stuff is new. The fiduciary paperwork, uh, everything's in here. Oh, this is just the, the, the putting the, the uh in addition, mortgage services are known to engage in other forms of white-collar crime, including money laundering. I don't know how they do that, but liens, uh, true bills and bounties. I'm trying to find. I can't find it. It's a long document. I put the. I gave you. I don't know. This is a PDF. You could just look for this title. This. Oh, uh, this. Thing and and look it up and it'll tell you. There it is. There you go. Let me stop the screen. Ah, oh, it's eight twenty-eight, y'all. Let's see, man. Somebody else who want to get on? No. 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 Oh, yeah, it is. This is somebody. Nine zero one three zero eight. Nine oh one three zero eight. Hey, okay, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Can you hear me? Okay, how you doing, my brother? Yes. Yeah, I can hear you. Yeah, hey. I'm doing good. How are you? Okay. All right. Well, I'm navigating. I want to make sure I have a lot of uh, background noise. But uh, it's pretty good. Recently, it's I good called me in. Okay. Uh, just recently, I called me in of a, uh, a few YouTube videos. YouTube videos you did concerning 1099A, right? Yeah. And, you know, it kind of ties into what, you know, you've been talking about for the last uh, few weeks and even now. But uh, mm-hmm. one of the main things, because I was I actually, I actually was getting ready to to implement a 1099A process, but it was from not, not trying to buy anything, not trying to buy any cars or houses, anything like that. Um, there was this, this, this brother, I won't mention his name, you know, he, he talks about how, you know, you can 1099A your bank account, 1099A your, your uh, wages, and all that. So, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm like you. If I can't find a... I don't rent, know about wages, uh, but yeah. bank accounts. Go ahead. Yeah. Well, I, I can go along with that, right? Because I, mm-hmm. I have found some, some information that does correlate with that. But... Uh, his premise was that, you know, everything in the public, 
is coming out of the state trust, right? Mm-hmm. So the reason why it can be the reason why you can ten ninety nine eighty things, you know, your wage and so on and so forth. Because he was saying that when when you're, you say you have you heard the statement people say when you when you go to work you actually paying yourself. Have you heard that before? I've heard that. Okay, yeah, I'm asking. I've heard it. Okay, I'm sorry to hear you. Okay, so that's predicated upon, you know, your employee goes into your estate account and, and pulls money over to the public, and so therefore that has to be returned back to the source. Okay, that makes sense. Okay, okay, to... okay, wait, 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 let me slow you down right there. It makes sense, but okay. how do you prove it? That, that's my point. That's that's what I'm going to ask you. I have not, I, yeah, I have not found that? any... I have not found any legal source that's, that that says or that proves that hey, uh, these people went into my state account and pulled money out, and therefore I can make a claim on it. Let me tell you what I did uh, this year. Like, well, last year, mm-hmm. uh, well, for the past few years, I have been filing my own income taxes. Right? I, I was mm-hmm. I was really delinquent a few years, so we have all what we call free tax shelters here. So I, mm-hmm. I figured I'd take advantage of, you know, some of the uh, tax credits and whatnot that I wasn't uh, aware of. So I took it down to a tax professional. I let them figure it out. And I was able to get some money back. I was surprised because I still have some child support issues. You know, child support, anything that you have uh, coming back, you know, child support we get. But they didn't get mm-hmm. my last my last two uh, economic payment uh, checks. So anyway, my mm-hmm. my... my my attention was was to look at the paperwork that the tax professional filled out, and I was going to study it and see, you know, what kind of credits you know, I was going to be able to take. So long story short, so this year I was going to uh, send my tax documents. I, I was going to claim my tax, my uh, income wages with 1099A, but I was going to do it through a tax professional, uh, through, mm-hmm. through the highest tax professional with IRS, which is uh, uh, EA. Right or enroll agent. So I called. Mm-hmm. I called this particular agent, and I I specifically explained to her what my intention was. I told her I was, you know, I wanted to do file ten ninety nine a on my on my bank uh, account. I want to file a ten ninety nine a on my wages, and uh, I explained to her the mm-hmm. basis of you know why 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 I said that. I told her that you know it was coming out, you know, my private state and all that. And she, you know, and what that she said to me, she said. Um, she said, well, I have uh, other businesses other than this tax business, and when I pay my employees, I don't go into uh, their account, their private account, and put the money out. She said, it's called retained mm-hmm. earnings. So the light bulb went off. Mm-hmm. So if I'm going to make the claim that my employer went to my private estate and pulled money out into the public, I should be able to prove that. There should be some type of code, law, rule, or regulation that, that says that this is what is actually happening. I haven't been able to find, find it, even though there are people who keep saying, you know, everything's coming out of your estate, everything's coming to your estate, which may be true. The, the, I just haven't the, found the legal uh, I, Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Yeah, i got to cut it short for time. Here's the thing. Okay. I know. I get kind of Whenever long, you're listening to anybody that tells you, and can't do to any procedure. The first thing you need to ask them, well, show me how it's been. Show me how what you're telling me is happening and how it's benefiting your life. 
And mm-hmm. 100% of the time, you're going to get some excuse that, oh, I, I'm still fighting. Even the people that's doing YouTube channels on this stuff are telling you they're fighting to get it. Now, I've seen a couple of them saying they had some testimonies. But them themselves don't have a testimony. They're the ones teaching it, but the people that teach it get testimony. That's kind of odd to me, right? Right, uh, right. Because what people people like to belong to stuff, so they'll come in. Yeah, I did this and it worked, and here's this. And yes, you can send an A for B coupon in to them, and they and I've seen where they have credited the account. Guess what happens after once they realize that it's a it's a piece of garbage. They Put it back in because when you give any, especially with a credit card, if you send something, they are supposed to credit your account, right? If they don't and you're disputing it, the rules say we got to credit the account until we figure out what's going on. Once we figure out that it's not good, then we come back and say, yeah, good. We, we're going to put this back on your account. You owe us. That's what happens. The people are sending some, oh, I got a credit. Look, boom. Hey, ha, ha. And that's the part they're showing on the screen. But they're not going to show you two, three, four weeks down the line that it, it, it got kicked back. No one's going to come back right. and take that credit. You see what I'm saying? Now, right. when it comes to bank accounts, there is a way to recoup your deposits. But you can't do it. You, you got to do that at the back end. Back in on the tax return, like your trust account, 1041. Do a 1041 tax return. Right. There's a way to do that. That's legitimate. Right. I agree with that. But it is not, it. It's, not, it's not an overnight process, and I've actually seen that happen. I mean, I got physical evidence of that. That is true. But mm-hmm. the way you've seen it on YouTube and all of that, that's not, that's all junk and frivolous right. stuff that's going to get you problems. This is a legitimate right. you know, way I know to do things. For, for I, know, I, know, I, know, I know what you're it, saying. It, 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 it they don't just take a 1099A either. It's other forms and processes. It's a system. This is a system, so they have a system and rules to follow. Here's the problem with these 1099 processes. 1099s have a very specific rule of when these things need to go out. You don't just send these right. out throughout the year. Throughout the year, you just, That's just right. doing these forms frivolously. And just put any old amount on there. There has to be a legitimate mm-hmm. cause to fill this form out. Mm-hmm. So when people say they can walk into a dealer with ship and get a car and do all this stuff and all this other stuff, and I've heard it for the seven, eight years, I've heard people talk about this over and over again. Not one person has produced evidence. And someone asked me, well, right. proof it doesn't work. I got proof. All of the people that's been trying it ain't showing no proof. That's my proof. As much as this stuff has been, been taught. <laughs> mm. Yeah. You know? Well, you know what? I'm, I'm glad you mentioned it because I just read five court cases from the last two days about actual proof that it doesn't work. Right? Now, these What kind of court cases, case you talking about? Was it criminal? Uh, United, it was uh, civil. Okay. But I'm, so the but people I'm, sued but to try to get it to work? Yeah. yeah. Right. Here's, here's my point. One of the court cases, it was, it was, it was filed from the uh, inspector of the treasury against an enroll agent, you know, which is one of the highest certifications you can give with the IRS. So this particular right. lady... 
she was filing these 1099s for people. And so the, the treasury had filed for... Uh, right, yeah, exactly. But, but, but my point is this. When you, when you read the actual court case, it spells out everything that they're doing that relates to the 1099 OID and the 1099A and the reason why it was frivolous, and it all lines up to what you've been talking about. It all lines up. So <laughs> it's they're not following the rules. Exactly. Right. you up to 565000 for late She didn't say they didn't. 
she she just gave an example that she didn't go over to the, the private, uh, the the federal the federal window, and pull money over to, you know, the public side. But she was just saying, you know, she, you know, get hers from retained earnings, and that's another thing too. And I know she ain't lying because, uh, uh, Pastor Tony King talked about that too. He was saying that some of these mom and pop little stores right, they don't have a stick. I don't talk about Tony King on this show. Okay, all right. Mm-mm. Okay. <laughs> we don't talk about you know, that. Yeah. Well, I, I never talk about, about that. <laughs> and actually, he's the father of all of this information. He's the one who exactly. put all that stuff exactly. out there. But exactly. I ask me, how many of his followers actually got got women? I, I don't know anybody. But, I don't okay. know. I don't know all anybody. Right. But you know, right. yeah. <laughs> okay. I just don't. Did, did, did you? Let me ask you one. Did you have a person? Did you have a person? No, I just want to ask you. Did you have a person that studied his teachings for yourself, or you just kind of got like you know hearsay? I I never had access to his teachings. I had access to only recording. And, okay. Um, okay. That's it. So I don't. I don't. First of all, I okay. wouldn't even go looking at it for what? Because I don't know. I know a lot of people that taught, learned that stuff. But I also know they didn't mm-hmm. do anything from it. So why, right. why am I even spending my time over there learning that stuff? For what? Right. Wow, that's like a desert. Well, I'm going to a desert with no water. It's a waste mm-hmm. of time. Now I'm gonna have to cut this 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 call short because you, yeah, I'm gonna be frank with you. You seem like you want to chase down this 1099A. You can go chase it down, but I'm gonna tell you. And here's my warning to you. You, you, you bark up the wrong tree. It, it, I, I, this is what I tell people. There's three things can happen to you. Nothing happens. That's cool. You do it, nothing happens. Second thing, nothing happens, frivolous filing. And they usually go for three times the amount you try to get. Three, nothing happens, frivolous filings plus criminal charges. So those are the three things, roads you go and stuff that's like that, right? That's what mm-hmm. happens. So you can go ahead. Right. I heard you talking, but I, I, I see you really want to go after that and chase down at the 99 and do it, you know, mm-hmm. do this thing. But go ahead. You can do right. it. Right. Well, you know, you, 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 you are exactly right, but I'm in alignment with, with how you're talking about doing it. It's on the back. I'm aware of the process. That's why. Mm-hmm. But I, I would have said the reason why I brought up about the the estate because this pretty much the the backdrop of really how it all ties in, you know, with everything. I, I don't want to even talk about that. You trying, you're trying to, to teach people about the back end. I don't want to get into all of that. The reason why I don't get, I don't really talk about that stuff on that, that this show because it strikes up the greed in people, and I'm not into mm-hmm. greedy people. It brings the low level people who just want something for nothing, and that's not what I'm not interested associated with anyone with that mentality. That's why I don't even go into that. Where I talk about stuff like that, and I don't even talk about it. In my class, people ask me about how to do this with tonight. I say no. Go to the person who does that. That's their job. You know, he handles that. He knows how to do that correctly. He's been doing it for years with no problem. That's his field. I don't even basically, I introduce people to the right source that handles that. So, mm-hmm. All right, brother. Thanks for your time. Uh, I got to move on. It's getting late. It's eight forty-five. I got to get off the phone. All right, man. Peace. Good All right, brother. All right, peace. All right, All right you too. Ah, right, yeah, you know, y'all go ahead and mess with them all. Uh, you know, people they will go. You know, it's always 
this stuff does get you interested in following this thing. It, it got me interested. But here's my thing. Let me just do my business and live prosperous through my spiritual teachings. That's all I need. God will provide. <laughs> the Lord will provide. I don't have to do any trickery and, and fancy paperwork to, 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 to make it happen. I don't have to do that. And guess what? With all of that, I don't have to be stressed about it. Whether it's going to work, did I do it right? Did it, I don't have to deal with all of that. Is there a way to do these 1099? Yes, as a business, businesses use 1099 forms all the time. The correct way. That's why they're able to get their money back. That's why they're able to get credits. So if you're operating in commerce and doing businesses, you can do 1099s all you want. All you want. But people are coming from just regular W-2 employees trying to do these 1099s, and the one thing he is correct, the U.S. citizens can't touch that because in the Articles of Confederation, it says paupers and vagabonds are accepted from any type of sovereignty. And when you're living off the government's titty, you're, you're accepted. U.S. citizens are the debtors. Responsible for the debt. That's why you got to do all the things they say today if you're a U.S. citizen. You know, there's a difference. I follow the rules. The rules of the 1040 form said this is the U.S. citizen, non citizen, non resident. That's the rules say. So if I'm a U.S. citizen, then I have to do it. If I'm not, I don't have to do it. Simple. All right, y'all. Another good show. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for all the people that called in and wanted to talk. Oh, make sure his lives getting bigger. <laughs> oh, Max, Nick, take it easy, brother. I mean, you know, he talked to this person. So, you know, people, you know, they want to, you know, he talked to this and this one said this and that. And I don't know whether that's true or not. Uh, I'm kind of. On on the fence with that at Maxim, because uh, I've heard that same scenario before. I you know I have you know my my I have cut off a lot of my edges. I used to just go in you know, and I I've, I've heard that same. Oh yeah, I know somebody that them trust me. They they used to be this and they said this and that, and that's the way they kind of get you hooked into the conversation and say all that stuff. Come on, man. This is not a slow leak, okay? People just say whatever in the crowd here. Maxim picked the right up on it. It's always obvious. He ain't the first one to come on and say they know someone who said this to support the 1099A claims and of getting stuff. But here's the thing. Not one time did he say he was successful. So here I am, heavyweight champion of the world. <laughs> no one has taken me down and proven that I'm wrong about this thing. No one has come to me, Akeem, you should stop talking about this. You should stop hitting on our, our, our technique because here it is. Here's my proof. 
Brother on the video was showing bills. It was a bill was about $4,000 that folks had took this check. He did show the credit on the screen, blah, blah, blah. But I've seen those credits on the screen, and those credits get raised in a few weeks once they figure out that the, the document that was submitted is a bunch of bull. None of that stuff's new, none of it. The writing, turning the thing into a coupon and all this, and writing sideways, putting stamps and all that, none of it's new. None of it. You see? None of it's true. All right. Well, with that being said, thanks, everybody, for tuning into the show. Um, look forward to seeing you. I might do another show throughout the week like I did last week. Make it happen. Remember, Donations are always welcome. There it is across the screen. Dollar sign like email to the ministry. Um, And with that being said, peace.